Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Sons of Ignatius podcast. Father Niall with you here at Gardner Street Parish in Dublin. I'm by myself this week because I wanted to basically share a talk with you. It's a talk I gave here in the parish this week on Monday evening at the Life in the Spirit Seminar. Just to say what the Life in the Spirit Seminar is, it's a seven-week course. It's very popular in parishes one actually that Pope Francis recommends. I suppose it was born out of the charismatic renewal and it's a, it's a series of evenings with talks and testimonies and prayer and prayer ministry which culminates in people receiving a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. So we ran it here, we're running it here in the parish I suppose, in the run-up to Pentecost. And it's been a great joy just to have different speakers coming into the parish, talking on different aspects of God and love and the Spirit. And it was my turn to give a talk this week. It was week four of the course, and the topic was preparing for the gift of the Holy Spirit, preparing to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, week five being when we do pray for that grace of a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit into our lives and into our hearts. So when it came to this topic of preparing for receiving the Holy Spirit, my thoughts came back to the story of the prodigal son because it dawned on me a while back that this story that Jesus told really is about how we deal with the gift of God's love. That's fundamentally what's going on. It's a strange parable in that we get two ways of getting it wrong. Jesus giving the stories of the younger son and the older son. In a way, he gives us two ways to get it wrong in two distinctive ways. And I've always felt, I suppose, that the younger son gets a lot more attention. The younger son is the one who receives his father's inheritance and yet wastes it in some way. He goes off and he lives, I suppose, an indulgent, pleasure-seeking life and whittles it away and it doesn't do him any good and he comes to his senses. Eventually he comes back and we know the story and was received again lovingly by the father and he gets a new start. That's, I feel, is sort of taking as the shape of conversion in general, that we need to repent from our pleasure-seeking, indulgent appetites and just exercise a bit more discipline and virtue in that regard and be more moderate in how we consume things and how we seek pleasure. And I think that's sort of a well-trodden path and trope that we, we all sort of identify in some way with the younger son. However, the older son probably gets a lot less attention. And I suppose it's a conviction of mine that there's a lot of older son behavior going on in the world right now and in the church. And it's really important that we recognize it so that we can repent of that too. So I suppose in a nutshell, we could say that the younger son wastes the gift and we know that's wrong and he comes to its senses. The older son is Equally wrong, but in a different way, he tries to earn the gift. 
he tries to earn the gift. So again, we're all probably familiar with the story from Luke chapter 15. The older son stays at home in the father's household and works like a slave. He works incredibly hard and he says he doesn't even receive a goat so he can celebrate with his friends. And you can see that's his mentality. That's how he thinks the father works. He says, if I work really hard, well, then eventually the father will reward me for all my good works. And anyway, then he sees the younger son coming back and he gets angry because he's seen, well, this younger son hasn't earned the father's love or the gifts that the father wants to bestow upon him. And yet the father gives them to him anyway. So he sees things in terms of earning uh, reward and then receiving reward. Whereas the father isn't saying that at all. He's saying no to both his sons. He's saying, before you do anything, all I have is yours. And that's the words that the older son needs to hear. I am always with you and everything I have is yours. All I have is yours, i.e. you don't have to earn it. You can't earn it. This is a gift. And before you do anything, I want you to receive that gift. If I were to identify two figures in the history of the church who represent the two sons, I would say that St. Augustine is probably the typical younger son. And that in Augustine's own words, he was pleasure seeking. He was seeking pleasure in life. And then he sort of came to his senses and started to live a more virtuous life. The older son, I think, is St. Paul. Because... Paul was doing all the right things. When he was a Pharisee, he says himself that he was faultless with regard to the law. He was full of zeal. He really did live a very faithful life. He kept all the rules. He was a bit of a goody-goody, to be honest. And yet he had a conversion. He had a conversion. He says in the letter to the Philippians, chapter 3, Whatever gains I had, I have come to regard as loss because of Christ and I regard them as rubbish and then he goes on to say he doesn't want the righteousness of the law he doesn't want a perfect record he doesn't want a righteousness of his own but one that comes through faith in Christ so he wants to receive the gift first he doesn't want to earn God's love he wants to receive the gift of God's love and then to act out of that I think that's really important for us to hear that the way this whole Christianity thing works, it isn't that somehow we're goody-goody two-shoes and we keep all the rules. And then if we do that, then at the end of our days, or God will reward us with his love. It's just the exact opposite of that. It's like, no, God loves us first. We can't earn that. We cannot earn that at all. There's nothing we can do to make God love us more or less. Everything he has is ours. And everything he has is love. That's all God has to give. It's love, love and blessing. And we just cannot earn it. That's the mistake the older son makes. Ultimately, it makes him angry. You know, he's angry when the younger son comes back. But I suppose I'd say that, well, he was angry anyway. Who wouldn't be? It was just the younger son that sort of set it off. That was the moment for his anger's release. But he was angry anyway because he was giving, giving, giving and didn't feel like he was receiving anything. And anyone would be angry in that situation because they feel they're being shortchanged. They're giving a lot more than they're getting. So, yeah, the moral of that story is you can't earn the gift. So stop trying. Stop trying to earn God's love because it doesn't work that way. And it's so foolish. And you don't have to. You don't have to. 
So just stop that, stop that. So, yeah, as I said, I think Paul is the older son, basically, in the scriptures. And probably the conversion of St. Paul is the most famous conversion of all time. And it's really something that his conversion was an older son conversion. It wasn't a younger son conversion. Paul wasn't doing bad things. He wasn't a philanderer. He wasn't indulgent. He didn't drink too much and eat too much. And he didn't pursue a a life of pleasure or anything like it. He was very disciplined. He kept all the laws. And yet his conversion is the most famous conversion of all. So I think that's what it was. It was an older son conversion. It was Paul learning that you can't earn God's love. You just have to receive the gift. And ultimately, that gift is the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which is the love of God poured into our hearts. According to Rome, uh, letter to the Romans, chapter five, that's the gift we receive. It's the love of God through the Holy Spirit poured into our hearts. So I suppose a question for a follow-on question for us is we don't have the same Jewish background as Paul did. We're Gentile Christians. So what does it look like? What does an older son conversion look like today? I think one angle is that we can try and live to an ideal rather than living by grace. We can have some sense of what my ideal life ought to be like, what my life ought to look like and how I ought to act and to constantly be kind of judging ourselves against that, whether we're doing well or badly. And if we're doing well, uh, well, that's a sign that we're well on the way to pleasing God. And rather than saying, well, actually, God is pleased with who I am and just to rest in that first. God made me out of love and God continues to sustain me and to bless me out of love. And let's start there first and then live out of that. Another kind of older son trait today could be self-reliance. I'm going to do all of this myself and I'm not going to depend on God at all. And I'll do this whole Christian thing in my own steam. I'll do all the good works and then God will reward me. It's like, nope, that doesn't work either. We must depend on God. Jesus says, I'm the vine and you are the branches and separated from me, you can do nothing. So we have to learn that sort of healthy sense of dependence. Another older son trait, I think, is over-responsibility. So taking on too much. Again, if you feel like you have to earn God's love or God's favor, well, then you can be drawn into taking on too much, doing too much. You know, if, if anything goes wrong, that's like, oh, I'll look after it or I'll look after that person. I'll take it on. Because maybe that's just betraying uh, our own need to constantly earn God's love. And again, it's just a a recipe for getting burned out. So yeah, I'm just putting those out there as possible sort of uh, modern day older son traits in us trying to live according to an ideal very strongly rather than living by grace, being self-reliant to self-reliant rather than depending on God's grace and being over-responsible, being a real goody-goody. So I think it's really important for the church's mission. You know, on this podcast, uh, we try and keep a mission focus on it because we're called to be missionary disciples. I think it's really important that we keep an eye out for people who are essentially older sons. They're not bad people, far from it. In fact, they're doing everything by the book. They're studying hard in school. 
they're studying hard in university, they're getting good jobs, they're responsible and disciplined people in their work. So they're really probably getting ahead. They are the person, a go-to person, and they're probably quite successful, may go to the gym, may eat a very good diet, keeping all the rules. You know, it's a different set of rules today than it was in Paul's time. But, you know, we're talking about people who are very disciplined, very conscientious, doing all the right things and keeping all the rules. And yet they may not be aware that God loves them. I think it's really important that these people know that Jesus isn't asking them to do any more. Jesus isn't asking them to work harder or be more disciplined. Jesus is just saying, look, you have to receive. You have to receive. Otherwise, you're going to get angry. And you probably are angry already because you see people who you consider are wasteful or prodigal and who aren't responsible enough. And I suppose the only alternative in your, in your head is just to be really disciplined and really, really responsible. And Jesus is saying, you cannot earn God's love. You cannot earn salvation so to speak. It's not just a matter of working harder and giving more. It's a matter of stopping and just saying, God, love me now. Love me now. Give me the grace. Give me the gift of your love, which is the Holy Spirit. And let me rest in that. That's the first step. And just to receive the gift. You know, there's nothing more crazy than trying to earn a gift. If you try and earn it, well, then it's not a gift, is it? It's a reward. It's a reward. And this whole God thing, it's not about being rewarded for things well done. It's about being loved first and living out of that. And that's the heart, I think, of the parable. So, yeah, I just say, you know, let's keep an eye out for that. Let's keep an eye out for that pattern of behavior and to reassure people that even though the way they've been brought up or the way the world works today, really sets a lot of people up for working really hard to seek reward. And I think it's just a really fresh and a relief probably to preach the gospel that, well, no, it doesn't work that way with God. You can't earn it. You can't earn the gift of the Holy Spirit. You can just receive it. And just the final word then as well, when the father says those words to the older son, he says, you know, I am always with you and all I have is yours. All I have is yours. That's what God's offering is all he has. And I think that's a really good prayer to pray if you really want to receive the Holy Spirit again or a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit or God's love. It's just say to God, God, give me everything you have. Give me everything you have. And we can't imagine what that is, but it's the fullness of God's love, the completeness of God's love, which is beyond us, which will make our hearts overflow because God can pour more love into our hearts than our hearts can even contain. So, yeah, say, God, we're asking for an immense gift, a gift which has immensity. So just to really open our hearts wide, we're not just asking for a little sliver or a thimble full of God's love. We're saying, God, give me everything you have. Please give me everything you have before I try and please you, before I try and earn your love. Here I am just humbly saying, please give me everything you have. And I'm prepared to pass it on. I am prepared to pass it on. This isn't just all for me. And God wants for his love to pass through us. But we first have to say, God, give me everything you have. And then 
I'll be living as you want me to. A last word I said at the beginning that the, the two sons represent two different ways of getting it wrong. There is a third son in the story who shows us the right way. And it's the son who is telling the story, Jesus, the son of God. And Jesus shows us how to deal properly with God's gift. And that is to receive it from him and then to pass it on, to receive it freely and then to give it freely. You know how the song goes, freely, freely, you have received, freely, freely give. That's quite profound. And that's how Jesus lives. He says everything he says and everything he does, he receives that from the Father. He makes that very explicit in the Gospel of John. All my works, all my words, they come from the Father. And he just lets them, he receives them and he passes them on. And that's his food, is to do the Father's work, to do the Father's will. He's like the light bulb. He's the light of the world. And uh, he's like the light bulb that the electricity flows into him and then it flows out of him again. And that's how the light bulb lights up. That's how it ought to be for us to let me, Father, let me receive everything from you and then let it pass on to others through me. That's how Jesus lived. And that's how we were called to be sons and daughters of God the Father. So there we go. Just some reflections on preparing for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on that on Twitter or email hello at sonsofignatius.com. I think it's an important dimension of the gospel for our time today because there's a lot of hardworking people out there who think subconsciously are, are trying to earn their salvation, to earn God's love, and it's not possible. So I think it's a big relief for people to hear that you can't earn God's love. So don't even bother trying and just freely receive it, freely receive the gift. Okay, folks, that's all from me this week, and may God bless you abundantly. Look forward to having you again here on the podcast, Sons of Ignatius. Bye.